Hello and welcome to the What The Heck podcast. I'm your host, Glenn. This is a creature feature episode where I look at cryptids. I'll describe them, delve into their history, look at some eyewitness accounts and look at what they might be. Research is as academic as possible and references will be given after the story. This week's creature is the wild haggis. I hear your thoughts on this one. There isn't really a haggis, and it's actually sheep's stomach stuffed with spiced offal and oats. Well, it might not be. It's possible that it's actually a cryptid. Bear with me while we go through this, because it's about to get weird. The haggis is thought to have originated from the Hebrides in Scotland. The Hebridean haggis is much smaller and hardier than the mainland varieties of haggis. The Hebridean haggis was domesticated and part of the staple diet of the ancient Scots. Eventually, the domesticated haggis would give rise to a feral population of haggis who would live in the Scottish countryside away from humans. The feral haggis came about when Scots crofters were forced to leave the area during the expulsion of the gale, which displaced the residents of the highlands in the 18th and 19th centuries. The crofters abandoned the haggis, leaving them behind. The expulsion caused problems for the haggis, which faced extinction due to the competition they found after sheep were introduced into the area as the process of agricultural change happened. These changes were considered to be necessary improvements by the landowners, but caused many issues for the haggis. Haggis need wild heather and peat, which is partially decomposed organic matter, packed together in bogs, fens, moorlands, or special areas known as peatlands. The wild heather that grows over the peat is burned and stimulates the growth of new heather. Farmers were replacing the heather with grass, eliminating the food of the haggis. The haggis were also unable to move on the terrain very well. This caused the domesticated ones to die very quickly, leaving just the wild haggis to survive. The haggis disappeared from history for a long while, with nothing explaining what happened during the 19th and 20th centuries. What we do know is that the haggis managed to survive, and the population today are direct descendants of the original Hebridean haggis. Even today, the Isles of Lewis and Harris have a haggis hunt every Sunday. The hunt has locals travelling across the islands to look for wild haggis. At dusk, the hunters will leave for the moors to form a large semicircle to begin the hunt. The island elders will then cover peat creels, the baskets used to carry unearthed peat, with heather and peat leaving only the opening visible. The semicircle that the hunters form 
act like the beaters of any other hunt, walking slowly back towards the elders and their trap, making a lot of noise and hitting all the bushes and scrub on the way to force the haggis out of hiding. When the haggis spots the elders, it panics and looks for shelter. The only shelter it can find is the peak creel trap and the haggis will run to it and hide. The haggis, successfully caught, is then killed and passed to women for preparation. They are skinned and soaked in brine for a couple of days to tenderise them for cooking. Traditionally, the discarded skin would be used as a sporran, but kilts were on the decline and the skins are now often discarded and sporrans are made in a different way. Other people take advantage of the mating season. The gillies, locals who know the terrain, will catch female haggis, then release them into areas where males are known to roam. It attracts the males, who will attempt to get to the female. Even without human intervention, that's often a fatal thing anyway. It makes catching the haggis much easier, since they're easier targets. There are different variants to the haggis. Each variant is evolved to manage the specific habitat they live in. This means that the haggis is built for a very small area, leading to them having a clannish behaviour which sees them being territorial. It also lowers the ability to have baby haggis born from different clans, making every haggis purebred. The main two variants of the haggis are the haggis scotty dexterous and the haggis scotty sinisterous. The two are unable to mate with each other due to the dangerous and often fatal nature of the union. There is also a variation known as the golden haggis, a rare variant that fetches a premium price for capture. It's more common on the western islands of Scotland than it is on the mainland. Today, haggis can be found in many supermarkets across the UK and possibly in the world food sections elsewhere. It's traditionally eaten on Burns Night, which is on January 25th, and celebrates John Burns, who was a politician in the early 20th century. It can be eaten at any time, but the haggis is considered a delicacy that should be prepared and presented with care and ceremony and should only be eaten on special occasions. What does a haggis look like? I'm glad you asked. I'm here to tell you. The haggis is a small, wiry-haired creature. It looks like a cross between a rat, a guinea pig, and a hedgehog, and has long hair along its back that parts in the middle. The haggis is well known to have longer legs on one side, resulting in the two variants of the haggis scotty, dexterous and sinistrous. The two can never mate because in order for that to happen, 
one would have to turn around and risk rolling down the hill it lives on, presumably to its death. That's it really. There aren't any other descriptions of the creature to find. But if you can find a traditional sporran, you can look at the back fur in hopes you might spot one. The theories behind the wild haggis are a little sparse. There are only really two. The first theory is that the haggis is in fact real. It roams the highlands and eats wild heather, whilst also being possibly one of the most pathetic animals I've ever read about. If this is the case, they have to be quite a hardy species of animal to survive their abandonment and subsequent lack of food or survival skills. It just seems like it would be silly for them to evolve in the way that they have, especially considering just how easy it is for them to be hunted on their wobbly legs. The other theory, and probably the most likely, is similar to something we've already seen. Like the jackalope, it's most widely believed that the haggis is a fake cryptid. There is a taxidermised haggis in Kelvin Grove Art Gallery and Museum in Glasgow, and an ode to the haggis was written in 1924 in the New York Tribune. It was a satirical poem by James Montague, but the story stuck. In 2003, the British press had a field day when they asked US visitors to Scotland about it and found that about a third of US citizens believed that the wild haggis was real. I think this one is similar to the jackalope in that it's possible that it would exist. However, the haggis is a pathetic creature, so I just don't understand how it would survive to this day. If you want to see the haggis in the museum, head over to Glasgow and have a look. You can also grab a haggis plushie or a haggis calling whistle. The information from today's creature came from an Atlas Obscura article called The Myth and Mystery of Scotland's Wild Haggis a Starly Quality Foods article called Wild Haggis, All About Haggis, an Undiscovered Scotland article called Wild Haggis, and a clan article called The Wild Haggis. References for the episode will be posted on social media for you to have a look at. Speaking of social media, links to those and other ways to listen are in the episode description under my link tree. You can currently find me on Facebook and Instagram. Patreon is getting an upload of one of the transcripts each week as part of the £3 tier. The link to the Patreon is also on the link tree and, as before, you're welcome to pledge more than £3 a month and I'll find something extra special for the people that do. I do have an email set up on the link tree but it doesn't open a new email so that's in the description of the episode too. Send me your spooky stories, unexplained events, and anything else you want me to read out. 
or if you have any corrections or issues with things that I've said, let me know and I'll address them as soon as I see the email. The next episode will be out on Wednesday and next week's creature feature will be released on July 30th. So hold on until then.